Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. From 7 to 11 a.m., uh, usually it's uh, fantasy forecast and New York game day, but obviously no football. Uh, but uh, we're still going to come your way for four straight hours. Jordan Renan is going to join me with a quick update what's going on, uh, of course, with the Giants. Uh, Rich Samini updating what's going on with the Jets. Uh, but uh, Jeff Legwald now. And my first question to Jeff is uh, how surprised was he? Big news this week that the Denver Broncos traded for Sean Payton with the New Orleans Saints. So, Jeff, how surprised were you that now Sean Payton is the head coach of the Denver Broncos? Well, you know, Anita, the they exited their first round of interviews with three guys still in play, uh, Danico Ryans, uh, Jim Harbaugh, and, and Sean Payton. And that's, that's what I kept hearing from everyone I, I speak to on this. And their issue was those guys were quality candidates for other people too. And, and you know, the, the secret of a coaching search is the bigger swing you take, the, the more options those guys really have. So the Broncos were trying to keep or, or decide how each of these three guys, uh, how in play were they at that moment? And, you know, they went to see Harbaugh in person uh, a week ago in Ann Arbor. Uh, he had had a Zoom interview in the first round, and they wanted to get in front of him to see, are you really interested or are you staying at Michigan? And while simultaneously trying to stay and keep options open with D'Amico Ryans and, and Peyton both. And uh, initially on the Peyton front, the, the Saints weren't coming down very much on the, on the trade. And that, I think it's been a bigger part of this than, than people want to say that, you know, for a while the Saints were talking privately to people that they, they wanted the John Gruden deal, which was, you know, two ones, two twos. And, and the Broncos weren't going to do that no matter how much they liked Sean Payton. So I think a combination of Harbaugh saying, I'm, I'm going to stay here or that, that, you know, your spot's not the best one for me. And D'Amico Ryan's reps told them they, they loved D'Amico Ryan's Payton together at one point were probably the, the top two. And Ryan's told, or Ryan's reps told the Broncos, I'm taking the second interview in Houston uh, before you. So they, you know, his wife is from Houston. Uh, he played there. Uh, Broncos thinking was he's, he, we're likely not going to get a second shot at, at D'Amico. So they, they sort of went back to the Saints and said, all right, it's, What's your what are your best and final offers here on the trade? And when that started to get momentum, then Peyton became a reality. And ultimately, a lot of deals were on the table, including uh, one that included next year's first rounder and this year's second rounder. But eventually, they got to the deal the Broncos wanted, and that's why he's the coach. Well, I think it is the right decision, especially you know what what Denver gave up to go and, and get Russell Wilson. 
And obviously, Nathaniel Hackett, that that relationship didn't work. And I do want to get into that in just a second because, you know, he did come to the Jets. Let's shelf that for a second. But I, I believe this is the right fit. You know, in talking to a number of coaches who've been a part of Sean Payton's coaching staff, um, many of them, uh, including Mike Westhoff, who's a very dear friend of mine, has said that there is no better teacher in the game than Sean Payton. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with Russell Wilson and what this Denver offense is going to look like. Have, has, has Russell Wilson commented on the hire of Sean Payton? Uh, not so much publicly. Um, you know, knowing Russell, I'm certain he has FaceTimed Sean Payton probably 12 times already. <laughs> uh, but uh, Russell did say, uh, you know, we, we talked to him at, after the season finale, and he went on and on about Sean Payton, called him a, you know, a wizard, uh, you know, one of the best ever, you know, he, he was enormously complimentary to Sean Payton and that's before the team had interviewed anyone. So I, I don't think, you know, and, and a lot of folks, are, you know, football from an X's and O's perspective, you know, you, you, you're going to look at it and you're going to say, well, you, you know, the offense, he didn't, he ran with Drew Brees. It's not really something that would fit Russell Wilson. And uh, I just know so many people in coaching that, would point to, you know, what Peyton did with Jameis Winston at quarterback, what he did with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, what he did with Taysom Hill in, mm-hmm. in the games he had to start at quarterback to, to show his variety. And I know many people in coaching that say Sean Peyton has this enormous library of video from offenses he likes. And one of the biggest, I've been told this, I, I'm, I want to ask Sean himself when I, when I get in front of him here in the next few days, but uh, I have been told he has a, a huge part of this video library is, is Mike Shanahan's Broncos offense, uh, which would be a very good fit for Russell Wilson and is something, you know, Kyle Shanahan runs and, you know, Matt LaFleur runs a version of it. And, you know, Kevin O'Connell runs a version of it. All the guys who worked with Mike or Kyle run a version of it. And uh, so I, I'm interested to know, but I, I say that because it's people in coaching say that Sean Payton has studied uh, offenses a great deal that would fit Russell Wilson. So I, I don't think there's going to be any schematic issues there. It's just going to be, you know, the nuts and bolts, getting into to work on decision-making and, and timing and, and frankly, fitting personnel uh, to who's available better than they did, you know, this past season. Again, Jeff Legwald joining us here on ESPN does a phenomenal job covering the Denver Broncos with the big news of the hire of Sean Payton giving up uh, next year's first round, 2024 second round. And so with that being said, I'm, I'm looking at the odds 30 to one for the Denver Broncos to win the Super Bowl next year. Now, we, we saw this offense play a lot better the last two weeks of the season. How, how good, it, let's just say hypothetically speaking, Jeff, Sean gets this offense working better, and and we go back to what we know and, and the vintage Russell Wilson. You know, defense, offense, in that division, very competitive as we know. What, 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 what Denver Broncos team, what are we looking at next year? What are your expectations? You know, they should be better. You know, they need a little luck. They know next year, because of the Wilson trade and now the trade for Sean Payton, 
they know they're going to have to grit their teeth a little bit this year in April. Free agency, they're middle of the pack and cap room. You know, they don't pick until the third round of the draft now. They know they're going to have to grit their teeth this year. And so they'll need some luck. You know, they finished this past season with 22 guys on IR in the last, you know, when the season, in the last game of the season, they had 22 players on injured reserve. So they need better luck than that because their, their depth will be an issue. But if their frontline players play a majority of the games, uh, they can win. Uh, they do have some youth, good young players, but they need luck this time because because depth will take a hit this year. They they know that. You know, 2024 may be the first real year of flourishing because they'll they'll be back uh, sort of full strength behind the scenes. You know, this year they're going to have to get creative and and create some cap room by giving guys some checks to create. You know base salary and the signing bonus of, of guys that are going to be around here so they don't get in cap trouble. But they have to spend a little money and grit their teeth this year and hope for some good luck. And if, and if they have better injury luck this year than they did, uh, you know, in this past season, they, they can win some games. Now, you know, why a lot of people in the league think D'Amico Ryans took the Texans job beyond the family considerations and that he played there is that, frankly, the division's a lot easier. Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old, and that's that's a tough prospect to wrestle with if you're in the AFC West. Let's turn our attention to Nathaniel Hackett. He leaves Denver. He gets hired by the Jets. I'll use the word shocked. I was shocked. I just, I don't know too many careers in life where you fail miserably at one job, and then you get hired by another that only has 32 positions of that profession open. Um, I don't quite understand it. Many feel that the hire was to try to lure uh, Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't decided whether or not he's going to play this coming NFL season, um, to New York. Uh, your, your thoughts on the hire with Nathaniel Hackett coming to the Jets, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I, I initially after, you know, uh, you know, he has a lot of friends on the Broncos staff, some of his closest friends, and after he was fired, you know, a lot of them were upset here and they thought he may take a little time, but uh, he took a family vacation and apparently came back ready to, uh, to get back into the league as quickly as he could. You know, they, they were last in points in the league here and last on third down. And I think they had 12 games this season. They scored 16 or fewer with, and Russell Wilson threw a career low touchdown passes. So, uh, he must have somehow dealt with all that by saying, you know, he, he didn't get the personnel he wanted or things weren't done the way he wanted. I, I don't know. I just know that uh, I, I will say when I, when I reviewed all the game video from the year again and, and went through my charting, th- there were guys open a lot. Schematically, there are receivers open, but uh, personnel – the, the guys available that week didn't fit the game plan enough of the time. They, he, he really tried to force the issue as to how they wanted to play, particularly when they, uh, they stayed in three wide when they didn't have receivers or the linemen to do it because of injuries and they wouldn't waver from it, you know, and they ended up leading the league in sacks allowed and Wilson's play deteriorated the more he got hit and, uh, you know, he started to hold the ball. All the things 
I believe, or much of what went wrong was because he would not adjust enough. Uh, and I think he was determined in his first time as a head coach to, to show what he could do. And, and that'll be his challenge. He's got to fit the personnel into what he's doing better than he did here this past season. And, and he's done it in, in previous stops. But that'll be his challenge because that's what happened here. And if he, you know, my personal opinion is if he goes into all that trying to prove a point, uh, he'll get in the same trap he got into here because the last two games of the year, they fit who who they had available with what they were doing much better. And they had two of their four highest scoring games of the season after Nathaniel was was fired here. Yeah, I, I'm 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 really perplexed, and uh, you know, with just th- with that being said, before I let you go, again, uh, reports out of or not reports, but what we're hearing out of the Jets is that they are not moving forward with Zach Wilson. Um, I'm sure they're hoping they get Aaron Rodgers. There's also Derek Carr. There's Jimmy Garoppolo. Based on what you know and the offense that Nathaniel Hackett operates in, because you know he is one of those quarterback, he's one of those coordinators. It's, it's this is my offense, this is how I'm going to run it, and so he needs a quarterback that can best best play in that offense. Is there a quarterback out there available in free agency that you think would fit it best outside of Aaron Rodgers? We know Aaron Rodgers fits it best, but outside of Aaron, is there somebody else you think that could 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 run it well? Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Well, after what I saw here and what was needed, I, uh, Derek Carr moves the ball quickly, and I think, I think that, that would be something that could have some success. Uh, just because he gets the ball out uh, quick enough. It's just here, again, the, the, the routes often didn't match the situation in the game. They, they had several third and eights and third and nine, and they, they would have no receiver at the sticks. It would be like two verticals and a, and a hot route and nobody at the sticks, and the quarterback really had no choice other than to force the ball into shell coverage down the field or, or take a five yard completion on third and eight. And that's the kind of stuff it it won't matter who the quarterback is. If he, if he doesn't do better with that and whether that was, this is my first time as a head coach. And I want to, I want to make this work the way I want it to look or, you know, for whatever reason, it just, it, 
those are the types of things he's he's got to get. And and I think if he'll if he'll do those things, I think Carr is a good fit just because of his ability to move the ball and and uh, he has mobility when he needs it. Again, Jeff Legwald joining us, uh, who, uh, you know, obviously has been covering the Denver Broncos for quite a while. Some really good insight in regards to Nathaniel Hackett and what Jets fans can expect is him as your offensive coordinator. 800-919-3776. We come back. We'll take your calls. Mitch, Richard, you guys will be first up. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Just heard from uh, Jeff Legwald. We've got Joe Wiz, who's going to be joining us on the show with his picks and his plays. Some college hoops happening today, already happening. Uh, some really good uh, matchups as well this afternoon and this evening. You've got Duke and UNC. I'm on the Duke side, minus three. Curious if Joe Wiz is on the same side I am. Uh, let's go to your calls. Richard in Manhattan, welcome in. Hi, Anita. You know, in a couple of years, Marty Lyons will retire probably as an analyst for the uh, Jets on ESPN Radio here in New York. I would love to see you take his place. I think you can handle it. I think you'd be great on the Jet broadcasts with Bob Wischusen. And uh, if you allow me, I think a good analyst thinks like a fan. See, when you have former football players, they're afraid to be critical. Now, I think an analyst should always... Look for every reason to question what is being done. Not for criticizing sake, but just to connect with the fans. In other words, I'll give you an example. During the Philadelphia game last week against San Francisco, a good analyst would have said, why is Philly running to the line after Devonta Smith made that catch? Wait, there may be something. He may not have caught that ball cleanly because they're running to the line as if, as if they don't want the play to be reviewed. That's what an analyst should be telling us. Because they know the game, and they should be telling us what they see. I don't want to hear Tony Romo telling me what the next play is going to be. That's like a doctor telling me this is what he uses for surgery. doesn't help me. It's nice, but that's not really testing my brain because I'm not thinking what the next play will be. I need an analyst. For example, I'll give you another play. Five minutes left in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. Mixon runs for seven yards. First and three uh, on first down. The next two plays, Cincinnati throws 30 yard passes. I think one hit their receiver on the helmet. He wasn't even close to catching it. The other one was not even close. So they wasted a second and three on two 30 yard passes that made no sense to me, in my opinion. And then they had to punt. I need an analyst to say, why would you throw 30 yard passes there when you just successfully ran seven yards? See, an analyst to me is... I hear you. Can I say one more thing? One more thing. Now, I won't go to the extreme of a Howard Cosell, but you can follow in his footprints because he thought like a fan. He thought in the booth how a fan would think. He had no commitment to any of the coaches, the players. You know, he was irreverent. Uh, He was great, and we need that kind of voice in the booth. Yeah, I, I hear what you're like saying, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I understand what you're saying. A lot of times, you know, when you do have an ex-athlete uh, who comes in and is an analyst, yes, they they toe the line. Uh, they're really careful because they know that their comments uh, are, are going to get back to a number of players if they say the wrong thing or if they're too critical. 
Uh, yes, they're in, in a lot of times they're too conservative. Uh, that 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 definitely plays a role um, for sure. So I, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, let's go to Mitch. Mitch, welcome in. Oh, Anita, how's it going? Okay. You know, I usually just want to watch the games. I'm not even especially someone half of them I just can't take. I love Kevin Holland. I love Iron Eagle, and he has a son that does the Clipper games. They sound just alike, and he's like 25 years old. Great, such a talented broadcaster. Um, I guess you'd say Denver uh, jumped the gun if they waited another year. You could have got Aaron Rodgers, maybe for less. Uh, this is Patrick Mahomes. If he wins it, and it's just so, if he wins it, he's incredible. He's to me top three if he wins this year. The way he, he's like Dan Marino with legs, and I think it's just it's gonna be very tough for Justin Herbert to get over the hump when you have Borrow and Patrick Mahomes for the next 10, 15 years. It's just all luck, would you say? And thanks for taking my call here. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really I'm I'm intrigued to see what, what's going to happen with um, guys. I, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who's now going to be the offensive coordinator for, yeah, there you go, Kellen Moore, uh, who's now going to be the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, and uh, what he's going to be able to do with uh, with with uh, Justin Herbert. It's going to be an interesting division, that's for sure. 800-919-3776. Quick break. We come back. Joe Wiz has his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. He's going to join us with some uh, college and NBA picks and plays for you heading into this afternoon and this evening. Stay tuned. Uh, That next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Joe, how you doing? Welcome in. Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me back on. Um, temperature's starting to warm up a little bit. It's uh, March Madness in February, so let's make some money here. Does it? Because I'm I'm absolutely freezing right now. I, I don't, like, in between every break, I'm, like, I'm putting the heat up more and more. Um, <laughs> let's talk some NBA before we start talking some college hoops. Uh, the Knicks 
uh, going up against the uh, hosting the uh, the L.A. Clippers. Clippers favored by three and a half here. Not sure what the over-under is. Uh, what's your play in this Knicks game? Yeah, when you take a look at it here, I mean, the Clippers come in with a record of 29-26. and 26. They had a brutal loss at Milwaukee the other night. They were all big and they somehow fell apart there. And I always look at teams that play on these long road trips, and uh, the Clippers are in the middle of a six-game road trip, Anita, and this is the fifth game of that six-game road trip here. And the Knicks, hey, they came up with a nice win after almost knocking off the Lakers, losing in overtime. Uh, I'm going with the Knicks here in this game. I'm taking the three and a half. I'm buying the hook. Everyone knows that listens to my show, which I'll be on tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. I always say get the, the best line available. So right now the line is at three and a half at Bat Rivers. But uh, those of you looking to get extra protection by the extra half point, taking the Knicks plus the four. Um, and uh, Knicks got two tough games here. They got the Clippers, and then tomorrow they come back and play the Sixers, which will be a tough task here. I think the easier task will be taking on the Clippers here. Um, I, I like the Knicks plus the four in this matchup. Uh, Washington going up against the Nets. All the drama. Spent a good 90 minutes of our show talking about all that's going on with Kyrie. Uh, reports are that he's not going to play tonight. He's got some type of knee swellness wink wink okay Washington I had them last night they were up by 20 unfortunately Portland came back uh, down 20 to beat them in the third quarter nonetheless this is a pick em right now I'm leaning towards Washington with all the drama around the nets do you think that's a wise bet yeah, that's the only way you can go, Anita, with this matchup here. The Wizards have been playing really well, except for last night when they fell apart in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. And got, uh, But other than that, they have been playing well. They got outscored yesterday in the fourth quarter. I'm looking at the box score here, 34-22 to 22 here. But if Bradley Beal and Porzingis play, the Wizards clearly have much more better talent. The Nets are lost without, um, without, Ky- without Kyrie, and obviously KD hasn't back yet. And um, there's only one way to go in this game here is the Wizards, and don't expect the Nets to score many points this game maybe take a look at the tolling as well uh let's turn our attention to some nba or, or i should say ncaa some college hoops purdue going up against indiana indiana favored by one the over under is 139 how are you playing this bad boy yeah, Bloomington, Indiana is going to be rocking here. And this is probably the biggest test that Purdue's going to have for the remainder of this season. They still have road games at Northwestern and Maryland and Wisconsin, but they'll be favored in those games here. And it's a little strange to see a team that's 22-1 and one, uh, getting just even a pick them against Indiana at 15-7. And and Purdue has dominated this series. They've won uh, you know, nine of ten meetings with the Hoosiers. And ironically, the one game they lost was last year. Uh, they lost that game uh, 68-65 in Bloomington, and Bloomington's one of the toughest venues in all of college basketball here. And, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Zach Eady, the seven-footer, uh, but the Hoosiers have some size, and I think they can match up with them. And they've already beaten uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin here, and they won at Illinois. Uh, I'd like to call it an upset, but the line, uh, you know, has the Hoosiers favored by one in this game. So I like the Hoosiers in this game here in a low-scoring game. Uh, the last three meetings between these two teams have gone under the total, Anita, I'm expecting uh, you know, a game similar to last year when they met in Bloomington, 68-65, uh, where Indiana won the, only won that one game in the last 10 meetings. So uh, I'm expecting another tight game, but the Hoosiers somehow pull out the win against Purdue. Before we let you go, let's talk about UNC and Duke. I'm on Duke here. I'll lay the three. The over-under is 145. What side of the line are you on? Yeah, Anita, I just want to remind everyone I'll be on tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., so uh, we'll be kicking off, uh, you know, the first Sunday of no NFL action, but I'll have plenty of basketball when it's tomorrow at 6 a.m. on the fine line. You look at this game here, Anita, and uh, North Carolina – 
has dominated Duke recently, okay? And uh, they've won four of the last five meetings. Uh, they won the last two meetings last year. The final four, we had a thriller, 81-77. And then prior to that, they won a Cameron spoiled Coach K uh, celebration. They won that game as well, 94-81 here. North Carolina, I know they're coming off a loss against Pittsburgh here, but they're the t- more talented team. Duke with Shire, they have a young coach. They have a very young team here. And I just don't trust Duke as a favorite here. Personally, I think the wrong team's favorite here. Duke is two and nine against the spread in the last eleven, and I know it's the tobacco road and all all that stuff here. But North Carolina has a history of playing well against them, and uh, I think with Amanda Baycock and JJ Davis and Khalid Cole, um, this young Duke team might have a handful here. I took North Carolina plus three, and I'm taking them on the money line. I don't consider it an upset. Woo! Okay, all right. So we're on we're on opposite sides of that coin for sure. Again, uh, Joe will be on 98.7 ESPN bright and early tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., our first Sunday without football. Uh, boo-hoo. But, uh, but we'll have plenty of plays for you, I'm sure, in college and NBA and a look ahead to the Super Bowl. So, again, Joe is brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. It's a whole new game. Joe, thank you so much. Again, that's Joe Wiz joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Quick break. We come back. Um, the Puck Daddy, Greg Wyshynski, is down in Florida for the NHL Hockey All-Star Weekend. Uh, he's going to join me to take a look ahead to uh, the remainder of the season. Some futures bets out there to place. What does he think about the New Jersey Devils? Might surprise you. Stay tuned. The Puck Daddy next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Uh, Greg, welcome in. Great to have you on the show. How you doing? How's Florida treating you? <laughs> it's treating me right. I, I had the perfect experience as a New Yorker leaving for Florida, which is I left uh, Brooklyn this morning and it was covered in snow and then I got on a plane for Fort Lauderdale, like like a true snowbird, I guess, uh, from New York. So it's uh, it's only appropriate that I hit Florida right after, right after the first uh, 
discernible snowfall in New York City this year. It's unbelievable, right? You jump on a flight two and a half hours, two and a half hours later, you're like, you're in unbelievable weather. Share with us, you know, what's, what's All-Star Weekend going to be like? Well, you know, it's fun. I, I look back at the All-Star game from about 20 years ago. I found a clip on YouTube, and I, at one, all the players look like they're about 60. I don't know why. They all look like they're very old. <laughs> but, but now you got a whole thing in the NHL where the players, like the star players in this league are between the ages of like 22 and 26. So it's a younger group. You still have some of the veterans like Ovechkin and Crosby that come to these games, but it's a young, energetic group that really infuses this whole weekend with a lot of energy. As far as the wagering goes, you know, you do have the three-on-three mini tournament that they play on Saturday at the All-Star Game. Each conference has, you know, the two divisional teams. They play three-on-three. Um, I'll tell you one, one interesting experiment is I believe the Atlantic Division uh, doesn't have a defenseman on their roster, so they might just be go, go, go if you're looking for a team to really put up some goals at this thing. Participants, as of uh, late Wednesday, were not out yet, but keep in mind uh, you know, some of the participants you might see for fastest skater, for hardest shot, and things like that. Um, I will tell you that there are a couple of events that uh, probably aren't going to be on the books because they are uh, pre-taped. Uh, one involves a combination of hockey and golf, and another involves, I kid you not, a dunk tank like you might see at the carnival where the players will be shooting pucks at the target to see if they can dunk uh, their friends and opponents. So it's a real, real fun weekend if you've got a chance to check it out. And it's all on uh, ESPN and ABC. It sounds like a lot of fun. And, and you'll be right in the mix. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, to talk about some of the, the futures odds that are out there that people could jump on right now. And let's start with the Big Bang, right? And, and that is who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup. You know, obviously, everybody would say Boston, they're favored, they're plus 450. Uh, you know, they potentially could, you know, break the NHL record for most wins. Uh, they're teetering somewhere around 65 in most points. And again, they're teetering right around that. The most points scored, 132. They're around 133, 134. Your thoughts, your thoughts on who, if anybody can upset the apple cart and beat Boston, who could it be or, or no one? <laughs> well, there's three kind of longer shots that I have my eye on that I find interesting um, if, if you don't want to go with the chalk. And again, right now, the Bruins are a machine. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as you said, it's, it's, I mean, you know, the smart money with me would probably be to back them at this point. This will prove it otherwise. But from the Eastern Conference, the New Jersey Devils are uh, uh, plus four, uh, 1,400 right now. Like, they're an interesting choice only because um, sometimes you have these teams that just come together at the right time. And, and the Devils, they're young. There's not a whole lot of playoff experience there. A lot of people say they may lack the toughness to really get through a playoff series. But I'll tell you, I haven't seen them enough this season. When they get going and they play their game, they're very, very hard to beat. They, they're, they're like Boston in the sense that they can dictate how a game is played to their opponent. And that's a rare thing for a team this inexperienced. The other two teams I wanted to mention, the Edmonton Oilers, who were my cup pick before the season, I still don't know if they have cup-quality defense in them, but they do have Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, who's on pace for 150 points, the highest point total we've had since Mary Lemieux and back in 95-96. And they have Leon Dreisaitl, right now second in the league in scoring. Those two guys combined, at some point, they're going to drag one of these Oilers teams to the cup, and, and this could be the year. And then the other team, too, is the Dallas Stars out of the Western Conference. And, and they're not the top choice. They're kind of lingering in back of Colorado and Vegas and a couple of teams. 
if you talk to people around the league, they, they're, they're picking up a lot of fans as far as uh, pundits and, and insiders that think that the way that they play, the way that they're organized, their depth and their goaltending is good enough to maybe take home the cup this year. So they're kind of the emerging dark horse, I think, in the Western Conference, and, and their odds are still really long. So again, as I said, Boston plus 450. Edmonton is at 4-1. to one. Dallas, the Stars, they are at 15-1. to one. And New Jersey, the Devils, they are 16-1, to one, just FYI. Divisions in the Pacific. Um, the Kraken, I love that name. The Kraken are favored at plus 155. Is that who you're rolling with? I still think the Oilers have a run in them to win that division. Um, they're, they're starting to pick up steam a little bit. They're getting better goaltending. That's going to really be the, the thing that makes or breaks Edmonton is whether they can get both their goalies going at the same time. The Kraken, you know, they're a team that hasn't really faded yet. Their depth is at forward is one of the best in the, uh, the Western Conference. But at the end of the day, they've been able to kind of do it a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You know, one of their goalies, Martin Jones, uh, has kind of saved their bacon by just by being pretty good, by being competent. He's not been great. He's been competent. And, and sometimes you have to wonder whether that's going to last throughout the entirety of the season. I, I still think at the end of the day, the Edmonton Oilers can win this division. I will tell you, though, and this is significant news for those who might be looking to back the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Mark Stone, who is um, arguably their most important player, a winger who – uh, scores goals, one of the best defensive players in the league, and, and really the heart and soul of that team. He had back surgery uh, um, on Tuesday, and he's going to be out for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, in the time that he's already missed, they've, they've looked like a shell of themselves. So if you're somebody who might be looking at Vegas as an option in the Pacific, I'd, I'd back off them now because they are really, really impacted by the loss of Mark Stone. As I said, the Kraken, they are plus 155. Oilers are plus 240 to win the Pacific. And the Golden Knights are sitting at 4-1. to one. In the Central, you talked about Dallas could be a sleeper to win it all. They're favored by 140, minus 140 to win the Central. You've got the Avalanche at plus 380. Obviously, you're hearing great things about Dallas. At, at minus 140, laying 140 to win 100. Every, for every 140 you lay, you win 100. You know, is, is that worth it? Those odds worth it to you to, to, to still play this before this line goes up? <laughs> well, like I said, it, it's kind of been them and Winnipeg sort of jockeying for position um, at, at the top of the central division throughout the season so far. And, and that's only because Colorado, um, who was favored to win the central, has been just beaten up by injuries throughout the season. Now, Colorado is, is a good amount of points in back of both Dallas and Winnipeg right now. In, in the case of, of, uh, of Dallas, I think they're about nine points off the pace. But if you can get odds on Colorado, uh, they really put the pedal down. I think they won seven of their last eight games. Nathan McKinnon, their star center, came back from injury. He's been absolutely rolling since then. They're going to start getting a little bit healthier. Um, and, and this is a team that you know could put together – six, seven, eight, nine straight wins in a row to climb up the standings. So I'm not, I'm not counting them out quite yet as far as their ability to maybe rock it up and, and, and challenge for that division lead. That being said, I, I think the smart money is probably on Dallas here. I think at the end of the day, they'll outlast Winnipeg and Colorado to win the division. Winnipeg plus 550. In the Metro, um, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes favored minus 450. <laughs> Too much juice for me. I mean, I make solid money, but not like that. Uh, you love the New Jersey Devils plus three eighty Rangers sixteen to one. 
Yeah, it's not going to be the Rangers. (laughs) I'll say that. Um, You know, the the thing about the Hurricanes right now is that they're starting to really flex on that division. The Devils Mm -hmm. have had a great year. Um, I think they're going to be competitive. And I think that the best news, if you're someone who looks at the Devils in this spot, is they weathered a, a pretty bad stretch of hockey to come back and start really kind of finding their game again. Um, and, and maintaining that pace that's gotten them to be second in the division. But, I mean, Carolina, again, a winner tonight. They, they just seem like they're starting to kind of find their stride as being that other juggernaut in the East. I mean, Boston's gotten all the accolades, but here's the Hurricanes kind of lingering in that other division as a potential cup champion themselves. And they're really asserting themselves right now in that division. And I don't think there's any reason to, to believe that they won't win it. Last but not least, you know, obviously the Atlantic and just ridiculous what you have to lay to, to confirm <laughs> that, that, that Boston's going to win that. Uh, not even worth the time of discussion. Um, the odds of these five teams making it to the playoffs, some solid odds. Okay. Islanders three to one predators plus one forty five, Washington minus one fifteen, the Panthers plus one thirty. And, and Buffalo plus 250. Would you play any of those? Boy, Buffalo feels like a heartbreaker. They're, they're a great story. They've made a real push. They're another team that went through the doldrums and then rallied back to make it a season. And, and I think they're the sentimental favorite. They haven't made the playoffs, I think, since 2012. Uh, so it's been a pretty long time. Uh, so they're kind of the sentimental pick. But of that group, the one that intrigues me is Florida. They've not really gotten on their game completely yet this season they've they've been carried by uh, Matthew Kachuk who they acquired from Calgary uh, last summer he's been by far their best player some of their other players really haven't found their games found their stride but that's the kind of team that I think could put together a good streak uh, to make be, maybe threaten for one of those wild card spots the Islanders are, are intriguing only because uh, they went out and made themselves the first big trade of the NHL season Bo Horvat the captain and 31 goal scorer for Vancouver was acquired by the, uh, the Islanders earlier this week. He, he fixes in theory, a lot of problems this team has, but as we stand, they still only have an 11% chance of making the playoffs. They've got some, some really, uh, you know, a lot of room to make up in those standings. I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to be the guy that fixes it. So of that group, the Panthers intrigue me most. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm buying the idea of the Islanders making the big rally this year. Any Again, uh, that is uh, Puck Daddy, aka Greg Wyshynski, who's down in Florida right now for all the NHL uh, festivities for their All Star break, and uh, a look ahead to uh, the second half or the remainder of, of course, the NHL, NHL season. So. Um, uh, just a reminder, uh, well, first things first, I want to thank Nick Friedel, who joined us earlier on the show, spent a good first 90 minutes of the program talking about the Nets and Kyrie Irving. Uh, if you did miss the beginning of the show, uh, it, it's up on its on podcast. Of course, you could uh, listen to it on my Twitter, at Anita Marks, um, and also 98.7 ESPN, and of course, our, our 98.ESPN 98 app and, uh, and, and page as well. So if you want to swing back, and it was a really, really good interview. Nick Friedel getting us in the know of exactly what is going on with the Nets. Also, uh, they are uh, supposed to take on Washington. They will be facing the Washington Wizards tonight without Kyrie. Reports are is that he's going to sit tonight because of a something with his knee, knee swelling, whatever. Wink, wink. Okay. Um, writing's on the wall there in regard to what ter- what what eventually more than likely is 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 going to happen here in Brooklyn. 
Uh, also, Cynthia Freeland joining us on the show, Jeff Legwald, and of course, we just heard from the Puck Daddy and Joe Wiz. I'm back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7 a.m. Uh, we're going to have Rich Samini on, Jordan Renan, uh, and, uh, and, and, and many others. So, uh, so stay tuned for that with you for four hours tomorrow morning from seven to 11 AM. Hopefully you'll join me then. Uh, stay tuned. Gordon Damer comes your way next leading into, of course, your Knicks game that you'll be able to listen to right here on 90.7 ESPN. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.